When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant, and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. Welcome to Worst Year Ever, a production of iHeartRadio. I guess we're here. We're back. Ah! Again. Yeah. Ah! Spooked ya. Yeah, I'm so scared of that. Hello. Of me? No. The worst year ever. The worst no. years. We should have changed it to the worst years ever mm. when we continued on. In hindsight's 2021. Mm. Um, the years, comma, they have not gotten better. <laughs> the year, the year that yeah. continues poorly. Yep. Even though it's technically a different year, that's good. That could we could do like there could be a song it for that. It does have something to it, but uh, I don't know, man. There's We're an internal deep. rhythm. I think I think we could make it work. It flows to the beat of jazz. <laughs> mm-hmm. that's, yeah, that's right. It's like a cosmic gumbo. It's like it mm-hmm. is like a cosmic gumbo. What Garrison's we... here today. Hello. <laughs> hey, Cody. We're so glad to see them. <laughs> Cody. Yes. Cody. Yes. How'd you how'd you feel about the Boba Fett shows? The Boba Feats. Here's how I feel about the Boba Fett show. Um, mm-hmm. Well, The Mandalorian, I would say, is like pretty good in terms yeah, of I, I the direction the... it was trying to take the Star War. Mm-hmm. Um, Boba Fett is an interesting show because me, Cody, uh, from, let's say, 15 years ago, mm-hmm. would have uh, immediately watched it as soon as it uh, was uh, put up mm-hmm. and probably watched it a second time and Certainly. watched all of it. Um, I haven't seen a second of the Boba Fett show. Oh, good for you. Good oh, for it's, you. It's, it's good. It's good. I, is it? It's, <laughs> it's yeah, not. I, it's it is fine. I liked it. Because it, it's basically just more of the Mandalorian. 
Uh, it is. It is not a Boba fine. Fett show, which is nice. I, I, I don't um, care about Boba Fett. I just like. I, I like. <laughs> neither does well, the right. show. Like why? Should yeah. He? yeah, it's yeah. fine. I like. It's like it's kind of a. It's kind of a wonky space western thing, which is all of, all that I wanted from it. I'm not going to yeah. watch it a second time. That's it's, what you want from Star Wars. Mostly. I watched. I watched it. I enjoy the fights. I the characters are. They're all actors that I like seeing do stuff, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. I don't. I don't I have like. <laughs> Strong feelings about it. The show does I not will, elicit strong feelings. I, I, it I is. Will, well, it, it it does in that I comprehensively enjoy it. See, that's the thing about it. Like that's why I haven't watched it. It's like I have no feeling about it. It has it has no feel. It is so sanitized and corporate, and the show is so uninterested in Boba Fett as a character because no one should be interested in him because he's boring. Yeah, he's, yeah. Um, he's, he's not. And counterpoint. Cool. Counterpoint from someone who hasn't seen The Mandalorian or Boba Fett. It's okay. not gonna. Sometimes you just need something, whatever, to put I, on with good fights. That's and that's kind of what good it is. enough I, actors, I, and I have, especially when the world is looking like it is now. Yeah, I have not in, watched or cared about, I have not cared about a Star Wars in a long time. I, yeah. I didn't time. care for any of the new movies. A long time. I did not care <laughs> for any of the prequels. Um, yeah. Why but would you? I, I've liked some of the comics and the, the Boba Fett yeah. show's fun. I, I like, I enjoy, I, I enjoyed it. Uh, it's good. It, I, like, I it's love not, that for you, Robert. Yeah. I, w- I would enjoy a Dr. Offer TV show. That yeah, that, a Dr. Aphra TV show. And the, what, the, night, the thing that I liked most about uh, the Boba Fett show was Black Kersantan showing up, which made me yes. think like, oh, we might actually get the thing that I want most. Well, so is... yeah, that's the thing like with a show mm-hmm. like this. I'm like, well, don't do a Boba Fett show. Just do like literally Tales for the Bounty A Hunters. Star Wars like, anthology series do, I mean, would yeah, be so much exactly. better. That, I think, but I, I feel like they did that. They just stuck the name Boba Fett on the top. That, that, that is what happens. That's right. how you get the clicks. And it, I don't, it, but, like, I don't you're care. Dis- you're Disney. You're on Disney+. Yeah. Plus. Uh, you're doing Star Wars. You don't need to get the clicks. Like it, like people will be there no I, matter what. No matter I, what you do. Here's my <laughs> attitude. The fact that Disney launched what they claimed was a Boba Fett show, and then in the middle of the series had half of the episodes not. not feature Boba Fett, is is the bravest decision <laughs> I've seen them make yet in the Star Wars realm, and very funny. <laughs> I wasn't aware that of that. I am into it, that. It's, oh, no. it's really yeah. funny. Halfway it's, through, like, it stops thinking about Boba Fett. It literally just show. becomes the Mandalorian season, whatever. Two point like, half. Like That's, he's yes. not. A, he's not in the he's episodes. Not in the it's episodes. just Pedro Pascal doing shit. Does he Wait, come back? Episodes? At the very yes, yeah, there's he's like not three in multiple episodes. Yeah. That's, That's very funny. It's I thought it was really funny. No, <laughs> it, is, it turns it into ex- a show with Pedro Boba, Pascal that's... and CGI like he, Mark Hamill, and that's what, what I, the show is. Here's what I like: the C. I didn't like the CGI Mark Hamill stuff. I'll go with that. Was the most off-putting part of it to me, Garrison? Yeah, I, I thought it would. Number one, if you're going to do CGI Mark Hamill's face to make him look young, okay, I'll, I'll take the argument because like he's a big part of the Star Wars expanded universe. Just let Mark Hamill do the voice. Don't don't get weird with it. I was going to say he's like, the greatest voice actor alive. Use him. <laughs> like, do the thing that other things have done, which is get the actor to do it and then de-age him. Like the they, Downey they tried. Jr. And you don't even Civil need to de like if yeah. you're wrinkles are too weird, deep. If you're going to do the weird fucking you know the 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 deep fake thing at least uses real voice but that is what, that is the real problem is that it's also I, a deep fake voice via yeah. the program respeacher which it's sounds not good. so emotionless it's right it's good. just like yeah, yeah. it's a robot it's a robot it, trying to yeah 
And that part I didn't like, but what I did like about it is that in terms of its construction, like it's bizarre for a TV show to be ostensibly based around a guy and then he disappears for half of the <laughs> That's series. That's very well, weird. But it's not weird for a comic book. Like comic books yeah, do that yes, kind of shit yeah, all the yeah, time. Yeah, that is true, and, and that w- that's kind of what I thought might be that we might be heading towards something kind of neat where they actually are building up to just doing what they've been doing pretty well. Like the latest run of Star Wars comics have been good, and I say yeah. again as someone who's not particularly a Star Wars fan, like I like all of that shit, the Darth mm-hmm. Vader ones and stuff. Like there's yeah. some good stuff in there, um, and it's my hope that like they'll just kind of keep spinning towards that and they'll get really weird with it like there were some moments of like cad bane showing up and shit yeah it's like oh wow okay you guys are willing to get kind of strange yeah um so it was it was also it was also fun when he did a drug trip with the tuscans yeah when he took ayahuasca with the tuscan maybe the best episode was episode two when he just did drugs with the tuscans and that was actually incredibly rad there's some fun uh, shit in there, and uh, I, my, my promise to you is this, Cody. If you watch the Boba Fett's show, mm-hmm. you will be frustrated at some points. You will be yep. entertained at other points. You will probably not be thinking about the looming specter of global conflict for mm-hmm. most of the time that you Pivot. watch that show. Yeah, That's all I can ask job. from a Star That's Wars. That's all anyone honestly. can ask like, for. Yeah. From yeah. specifically Star Wars, too. Like, yeah. No one's asking you to make like amazing art. Speaking of the looming specter of global conflict. Before we pivot to the news, um, uh, I just, this has nothing to do with Star Wars either, but it's a really good show that I know none of you watched, and I want you to watch it. I want you all to watch it, and it's called Patriot, and it's on Amazon Prime. I thought you were going to say Euphoria. No, Mm. I wasn't going to do that. I thought you were going to say The Vampire Diaries. I truly think that you would all enjoy the show Patriot on Amazon Prime, and it I have heard bring that. I've heard it. Great what, is it? what is it? What is it's it? It's a show on, on Amazon Prime. <laughs> um, it's great. Um, it's got only got two seasons. Outstanding motherfucking cast. Um, and I don't know how much to say to not spoil it, but it's basically like a guy works in the government, and his son Classic. is a. Uh, not secret service, but he does off the book jobs for the government. And, but he's all fucked up from one trip and he has to go straight into another one to intercept some cash, blah, blah, blah. And it spirals out, but it's very fuck. It's so funny and it's heartbreaking and well-written and full of action. And it's also like a lovely family story. There's like a brother relationship. That's very special. It's really, it's good. Nobody watches it and is disappointed. I will. Work. I will check that out. Uh, it's good to have a good show to watch when times are like this. Mm-hmm. If you need to, like, just zone out. That that sounds fun. I have been. People all over my timeline have been talking about Euphoria, which mm-hmm. uh, uh, yeah. my favorite thing about this. I don't. I know nothing about the show. I haven't watched it. I don't plan to watch it. <clears throat> but the the very fun part is that like all of the commentary for weeks has been like, oh, it's high school kids. They're dealing with like drugs, and you know, one of them's trans, and like it's all this like you know, seemed like a normal, like, high school. Basic, basic stuff. Thing. And yeah. then someone's, pl- people started playing a clip from apparently the last episode. Where no, no, tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me. You can't tell me, you can't Oh, you watch the show, huh? I do watch it, I'm sorry. It's, see, I have no idea what's oh, going on now. Oh, the truth comes out. It seems, it seems. I watch, <laughs> that's not a secret that I watch television. 
Cody, as another spoiler, Boba Feet's he, get, he gets out of the hole. He gets what out the of the fu- pit. What the, the fuck? Dirt pit. I yeah, just he said. Gets out of the I dirt just. Pit. We started the show with saying I've not seen the Boba Fett show yet. Unbelievable. The bo- yeah, the classic hands of Boba, Boba Fett getting yeah. out of a pit, <laughs> getting out of a hole that he got knocked into accidentally. Well, I, I would argue that sounds like a real falling Boba, into the hole. Boba Feet. <laughs> Like a feet. Mm, yeah. He lost his, he's lost okay. his boba yeah. footing. Yeah. I, I, I think classic Boba Fett is just falling into the hole. And yeah, now, falling now, exactly. Now, yeah. now we're we're expanding his character because he's able to get out of a hole. Right, right. The end of the we, hero's that's journey what we call is an I, I crawled out of the hole. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he reached apotheosis and then he crawled yeah. out of the hole. Should we pivot? Yeah, we should the... probably pivot. Probably. We've we've literally gone like probably a year or more without talking about TV, but now everything is so bad that I we just that talked about we TV just, for eleven minutes mm-hmm. and forty six yeah. seconds. Why not? Yeah. Last, Ukraine, last, huh? last time we talked about it, it was uh, it was well, it was uh, Gay Superman was the last time that this that's this right. Sort of thing oh came God, up, man, that was like forty seven moral panics ago. <laughs> it was <laughs> at least. I forgot oh, we God. had Gay Superman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, those okay. were the days. Those were the days. Yeah, a you few did forget months ago. when Superman ruined society mm-hmm. by having a gay son. Look, we had, look, look where we are now. Things have gotten worse. Yeah. So. We, we had a gay Superman, and then Vladimir Putin started a war. Mm-hmm. Yep, because of it. So. Because of it. Mm-hmm. I mean, he did give that speech a few months ago about wokeness and PC culture gay Superman. destroying the West. Yeah. So. Yeah. I mean, NATO stands for nobody ever. Takes no, it's no ass uh, taste. Uh, f- yeah, I don't, I don't know. I, I was gonna try to tie it in, but there's no way. I, yeah, I, I've got, I've yeah. got nothing. What? How are we all doing? Uh, well, Ukraine, yeah, huh? yeah, what's going on in the world? How? There's, what's, there's, what are we talking it's about? Pretty bad stuff. Uh, Katie, you've been so stuff. patient. You're like, shouldn't we talk about like what we're here for? Yeah, I don't know. This what has been we... a hard week. I don't even know how yeah. to start talking about everything. You know. Well. Um, so yeah. I think the the thing that is most notable to me is that there are two com- like there's what's actually happening in in yeah. the war, and then there's the Russian propaganda, which is fairly yes. incoherent and not particularly because of like how rapidly a bunch of shit was deplatformed. There's very little visibility of that um, in mm-hmm. the West. And then there's the 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 Ukrainian propaganda, which is most of what people who are listening to this are seeing on their timeline. Which doesn't mean that like it's not none of it's happening or anything, but it does mean that like a very skewed view of what's happening on the ground mm-hmm. is being passed to people because largely that it feels good. And like again, yeah. there's all sorts of like there's all sorts of, there's always mixes of truth in with it. Like for example, the the you you now you now have the the thing that happens anytime a person in a position of power doesn't fuck up, which is that mm-hmm. yeah. a chunk of libs have gotten real weird and sexual about it. Um, oh, yeah. Uh, it's um, very, yeah. very horny. For and that, I, I felt, because I, you know, I there's a lot of really valid criticisms of Zelensky, pre, particularly prior to the outbreak of fighting, among other things. One thing that is he repeatedly kind of downplayed what they believed of as the risk of a full-scale Russian invasion um, to the point of like really arguing with a lot of the U.S. intelligence, which, you know, yeah. I, I think there's I an mean, argument that like- he was trying like, to keep it from panic yes. and everything, but, but at the same time, people needed to leave. <laughs> yes, there's a lot of civilians who did not adequately get to prepare for what was going to happen. And, and again- I think that's a really are, important point to not just like, the fact that they've had Russian military in the- 
on their periphery for a long time. You know, they were invaded not that long ago. Eight and years ago. Um, eight years ago. I mean, but, you know, it it happened and there have been, you know, Russian weeks of buildup. Weeks of buildup. But I think from what I'm understanding, just people didn't quite. They did they, until it happened. They didn't believe that well, it would happen. And, and it, there's so much disinformation that always surrounds. war. Yeah. There's so much disinformation surrounding this. It's not the kind of I'm not going to like condemn Z- Zelensky as a human being forever for that failure of his administration. But it is a failure and it deserves to be noted as such. Um, and there have been some other things that are really questionable. One of them is this is probably not questionable from a military standpoint. You could argue it's the right thing to do, but it's a deeply morally questionable act, which is the the forced conscription of every adult male under the age of 60, um, which has yeah. led to some really brutal moments, particularly at the border as families try to flee and they are separated yeah. from their, their sons and husbands, um, which is, again – in the long view of history, when we're looking at this, you know, 50, 100 years down the line, depending on how this all goes, people may say, well, this was, you know, th- this was what, what allowed Ukraine to eke out a victory. This mm-hmm. was necessary, you know, just like so many horrible things that had to be done by the Allied forces in World War II wound up being necessary. Or we may say, well, this fed a lot of young men into a meat grinder, left a lot of families without kids, and it didn't affect the 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 old. And we, and you, we yeah, can't know, right? These are things that are worth discussing and worth being potentially critical about, but we also have to acknowledge as like, well, nobody no, nobody ever makes perfect or even mostly good decisions in a war. <laughs> I think yeah. that, that would be fair to yeah. argue. Like, you can look at FDR. It's an impossible calculation. Inspiring moments of FDR from World War II while he was like locking Japanese people up in internment yeah. camps, you know? Um, yeah. Same thing with, you know, so... Uh, I'll give Zelensky a lot of credit for staying and repeatedly putting his life on the line and refusing to do what I think nearly every other world leader would have done, which is get the yeah. fuck out of oh, there yeah. and hide in a mansion in you know, Germany or somewhat and try to direct this from a distance, which is by far the norm. And the fact that he didn't speaks better of him as a person than I can probably say of any other national elected leader on the planet at the moment. Um and it but certainly course, caught the world's attention if it wasn't paying it attention did. before. Yeah, and you know, the horniness is weird, and I hate I hate it when that happens. I hate it because it makes me feel like yeah, you know, I, I made some posts being like this is something that should be lauded, the specific act, you know, refusing to leave. That is, <clears> you know, an act of courage that we should appreciate. And then when a bunch of people get really horny about it, it's like, well, should I even? Are you feeding into that by just like commenting on this mm-hmm. thing that is legitimately good? And th- these are kind of there's a lot of it's the same thing with like, are you feeding into unreasonable and unrealistic optimism about the well, course of the war? If you celebrate and specific kinds of victories, I think outside that of what the happens of the broader struggle, what happens, what we see happening. I mean, Garrison, you put some examples in this doc, I'm sure. But yeah. This this idea that it's like a movie playing out, and yep, he's our, the, our the unlikely it, yeah. hero. It's a, a movie mixed with the a guy with the game. I know, yeah. it, but like because he's got this storied past, and it reads like a screenplay. Of it is like, very oh, funny that he played the piano it, with his testicles on stage at one point. It was that, that's that, that's that's <laughs> great and fine, but also we don't need a New York part a New York Post article saying we fans sure don't. cast Jeremy Renner as Zelensky in we, fantasy Ukraine invasion film. Unbelievable! No. It makes me sick. No, and everyone, like, everyone doing that should be flung into the sea. Um, we're like watching in real time whether or not he died. dies. Like but well, thousands of people have died, and, and, and him. And thousands of people are dying. Like vacuum yeah. bombs are being detonated in crowded city blocks. Um, 
some of the most terrifying weapons that exist on this planet. Yeah, uh, you can you cannot stand precedence. Like you, you don't need yeah. to. Like you can you can recognize mm-hmm. that certain leaders are doing things that other people may be too cowardly to do. But you can recognize that without getting weirdly horny about it. Because yeah. the, the drive of hero worship specifically towards politicians and political leaders like is not good. Like There's lots of other people who are putting their lives on the line way more, but mm-hmm. we, we default always to politicians and political leaders. Um, and as, yeah. and as, as cool as it may be that he's sticking around, like this is a purposeful like pro- like propaganda move like it, Absolutely, and it, yeah. it, it's good yeah. like it's it, it's very well done but it it, it does have it, that it, dual purpose and and it and it, i think part of why one thing you have to clarify when we talk about it is a propaganda move propaganda does, doesn't just mean or even necessarily in a case like this primarily mean something directed outward correct it's mm-hmm. it, this the thing that i think is probably most successful about what Zelensky is doing is that it's it's having and from everything i can tell a significant morale impact on soldiers yes. on the ground just knowing that like well they would probably feel less bad about the fact that many of them are going to die mm-hmm. if the guy who was ostensibly leading them was hiding in a mansion in Berlin or something, you know, um, yeah. which is understandable. And and as a as a, a a military choice, as a tactical choice, as a tr- strategic choice, this is really more of a strategic than a tactical choice. Um, I think you probably, with what Zelensky has done, get more people who are willing to fight harder and do things like what what we're seeing in um. Um, Mariupol right now, where you've got the entire city now surrounded and cut off by an overwhelming number of Russian troops. And there's a pretty good chance that every single Ukrainian soldier there, if they don't surrender, is going to die fighting along with a fuckload of civilians. Yeah. And maybe mm-hmm. people wouldn't be willing to do that if Zelensky had not made the example. And, yeah. the, and but that, and that, that also the question that we cannot answer until this is over is, will that alter things? Has he yeah. made a decision by getting by increasing, you know, doing these things that have improved fighting spirit so much, is that going to help Ukraine fight off this aggression? Or is it just going to mean that when everything is settled, a hell of a lot more Ukrainians are dead? And we, you don't know. This is not a kind of thing you can condemn or applaud. It's a tactic, you know, yeah. and, and it's not a tactic that we know the efficacy of yet. Yeah. Um, I, I, from a, I guess from a moral level, I, I can applaud fighting for your homeland i think that's gen- fighting for your homes against aggression is a good thing but like as a does it is it going to work or is it just going to be more bodies well, in the I, dirt we i don't, don't know. know well we need to take a quick break and then we'll come back and keep having yeah. this conversation welcome to the worst year ever we'll get through together or not like many of us you might think identity theft will never happen to you but consider this There's a new identity theft victim every three seconds in the U.S. That's over 15 million people by the end of this year, equal to the populations of New York, Los Angeles, and Chicago combined. Even worse, identity theft victims often don't even know they're victims. That's why LifeLock Identity Theft Protection alerts you to identity threats even the ones that don't show up on a credit report, like data breaches, fraudulent bank transactions, loan and credit card applications, and crimes committed in your name. If your identity is stolen, your own dedicated LifeLock U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. LifeLock protects you in ways that you simply can't on your own. Join now and save up to 25% your first year at lifelock.com slash news. That's lifelock.com slash news to save up to 25%. 
Identity theft protection starts here. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey everyone, it's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call. If you're paying too much for wireless service, you don't have to keep having that nightmare. Consumer Cellular has the same fast, reliable coverage as the leading carriers for up to half the cost. So why keep spending more than you have to? Seriously, wake up! And call 1-888-FREEDOM or visit ConsumerCellular.com. Savings based on cost of Consumer Cellular's single line 1, 5, and 10 gig data plans with unlimited talk and text compared to lowest cost single line postpaid unlimited talk text and data plans offered by T-Mobile and Verizon January 2024. Everything so we're back. And that's what we're, we are. We are, we are politely, we are respectfully back. back. Hello. We are politely, respectfully back. Okay. Um, so, yeah, outside of, you know, we've, we've I think, discussed... Zelensky to the extent that is is useful for yeah our just like keep the well, homosexual shit to yourself yeah it's <laughs> like, yeah and, again, I, and if he dies it's fine to mourn him it's fine to like respect yeah. the choices he's making because I think he's handling this as well as a wartime leader possibly could given everything he is capable of knowing and everything right. that we know I don't actually have partic- like it it I, it's fine I, to say that. You don't. You don't need to talk about him being hot. That's not it's, helping. No, it's and weird. it's really, yeah. it's really disrespectful, it, actually. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like, really gross we, when it starts intersecting with like the fantasy Ukraine invasion film type yeah. idea. Of, uh, it's not a movie. No, we, tremendous people, numbers of people are going to die and have died already. Yeah, you know? it, it's 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 not okay. I, it, I, I yeah. wanted to respond to one thing that you had said that we had been talking about right before the break if they should have surrendered or if they should surrender versus how many people are going to die in making that decision. I think it's important to note that like, this is this whole thing is so fucked because it's very clear that even if they do surrender, there's nothing about this that will be peaceful. People no. will continue to die. Uh, Russians there will, will be uprisings, up journalists, the, activists, the, gay mm-hmm. people, they will be massacred. Well, the civilians they did in Chechnya, you know, the civilians are not going to stop making Molotov cocktails. They're not going to like just walk peacefully into this. So either way, this is unfathomable you know, bloodshed. You know, th- it's this. Yeah. This is a a a, a, situ- a guy who's been handed a nightmare and a, a country that's been handed a nightmare. Yeah. And there were a lot of points at which things could have been done to stop what we're seeing right now from happening. Um, beginning much further back than eight years ago, which is when the Russians invaded Ukraine initially, um, and nothing was done. You know, N- nobody, nobody did anything, and it's internationally nobody did anything. And if you want to talk about like the moral culpability of the United States or of NATO, it's in the fact that Putin number one wound up in charge at all, which had a lot to do with U.S. decisions that were made. Re yeah. Boris Yeltsin. It's the fact that. A number of of Russian aggressive moves and backing of of dictators in a variety of countries around the world, particularly Syria, where Russians tested weapons and tactics mm-hmm. for years. Nothing was done. Nothing was done about Chechnya when they leveled Grozny. Mm-hmm. Um, and nothing was done when when they invaded Ukraine eight years ago. And when you have a guy like Putin, and nothing keeps being, and no one pushes back effectively, at least 
over and over again, they keep grabbing more and more. And yeah. um, we are seeing the result. It's this thing I talked about when when Turkey, you know, moved into Northeast Syria. Um, and, and it's this thing I talk about a lot because there's been this huge problem on the left of folks who have decided that like this is a fight in in any sort of struggle where the U.S. and Russia can be opposed, they should be on Russia's side for vaguely anti-imperialist reasons. And and it this kind of has been extended and and for years was extended to it's it's part of why international support for the Arab Spring collapsed and it's why. You have these people who will, you know, stand Bashar al-Assad as a socialist hero or whatever the fuck, these these gray zone scum fucks. And when you you cannot let a dictator mass murder people because it never stops there. It it'll spread. It's the same as ignoring cancer cells in your body. And what we are seeing in Ukraine and these threats that are these fears everyone has that are growing now that this is going to get nuclear. Uh, the seeds of this were sown, I mean, much further back than, you know, yes. the start of the Syrian civil war. But the Syrian civil war was a major factor in all of this. And you mm -hmm. can't just keep – There's a, again, at this point, there's no good solutions, right? So, every every, And we'll talk a bit about that later. Every possible resolution to this is real ugly. And every possible tactic to resist what Russia is doing is real ugly and very problematic. There was a time when that would not necessarily have been the case. But – we all just sat on this shit. Yeah. Um, unless you're, you know, someone who was fighting in the street against Assad and somebody who was, you know, resisting Russian aggression and or somebody. And, and you know, in fact, it, it, not to be entirely Russia centric, the fact that the way in which the United States invaded Iraq has had massive impacts on how the Russians mm. proceeded in Ukraine um, and is a big part of why so many people were willing to buy the idea that. Number one, all of the what the State Department was saying about the Russian invasion, all of this intelligence was was flawed and nonsense. Like the fact that so many people on the left believe that is understandable in part because there was a time in our immediate past when they lied a shitload about mm -hmm. stuff like that, and those consequences were tremendous. So there's a lot of blame when you can't trust your go government, around. yeah, <laughs> you can't trust yeah. what they're saying, right? A, yeah, for decades and decades and decades so, and decades. Yeah. <laughs> It is, um, fuck, I don't know how to, yeah. to say, edit me saying this. Um, it, it is very frustrating uh, to watch, to talk about. I mean, what I'm about to say, I'm not suggesting that we should be invading. The United States should be coming in on, you know, the, the white horse. I understand what's at stake here. I understand. We don't have a horse. Like, there's, no, horse. there's no way to get but a like, horse in that fucker, but you like, know? He also knows that we've got a nuclear device pointed right at him, but he doesn't seem to care. He's not like some rational actor. We, we're not going to start a nuke fight with Russia, but yeah. he could start. He could deploy tactical nukes and see what happens. Like he's yes. a, He is a dice rolling guy, and that yeah. gives him the power in this situation because he can conceivably and realistically threaten, hey, I'll get nuclear if you guys move troops in directly, you know? Um, so I get to establish do the line wants. here. Um, yeah, and we're throwing out sanctions and stuff, which is a, a, de a deeply questionable in a number of ways. Um, well, yeah, but uh, yeah, it, it. I mean, this is, but the like, this is what happens when you kind of cede all sort of initiative to the authoritarians, and when you do authoritarian shit yourself often enough that like 
there's no reason for anyone to trust you above them. There was a period of time, I think, after World War II and then a period of time after the end of the Cold War, where there were real opportunities for an international system that would have made it a lot harder for dictators to do the kind of shit that's being done now. But that also would have been an international system where, again, for example, the United States would not have been able to invade Iraq. Well, um, right. There's so many yeah. instances of just like we we pushed this envelope in our own way for so many yes. uh, decades Absolutely. Uh, that it's like, well, how can we what do we do now? We we mm. made sure that the bottle was open. Yes. Uh, and so you, that we could do it. And um, yeah, you have to be willing to acknowledge that and see that. Otherwise, you don't see the shape of the problem adequately without letting that be the end of your analysis, because also, the fact that the U.S. did all of this fucked up shit and still does fucked up shit does not matter to people in Kharkiv who are being subjected to thermobaric artillery right now. Um, and that is the problem that we have the ability to do something about right now as a, as a species, I guess. Um, and so then the question becomes like, well, what, what, what could make the situation, what is the least awful way for this awful situation to potentially resolve? And, and I think that's kind of the thing to discuss next. And, and it's, it's very much muddled and it kind of depends on, there's a lot of, um, you know, to quote one of the guys responsible for this situation, there's a lot of known unknowns, right? Mm. And, and, and then, you know, you never know what the unknown unknowns are. I actually do, like, fuck him, but I, I don't think that's a useless thought schema to go into something. But, like, what, what are the unknown unknowns is worth asking. And one of the biggest ones, maybe the biggest one in the situation is how solid is Putin's actual grip on power? You know, what, what are the mm -hmm. odds of a palace coup? We, we can see... Last I checked, something like 7,500 people arrested in, in several Russian cities in protests since the start of the war, which is yeah, like enormous 6, for Russia. Yeah, is the last number I heard, yeah. I think. It, it, an enormous number of people, given how illegal any kind of protest against this sort of thing is in Russia. Um, and it seems to be growing. The, can it ever, is it even theoretically possible for it to grow to such a, a level that it threatens the stability of the state? Right, where they can't just like arrest everybody. I, I have no way of no one has any way of knowing that to a point of certainty. That seems unlikely. I think most people who know Russia say the thing that is more possible, not that it's likely, but is more possible, would be the term they use is a palace coup, right? Which is people around Putin hmm. not being willing to deal with the consequences, economic and otherwise, of this invasion, and to some extent either minimizing him or taking him out of power. And there's some reasons to believe this is possible, including, according to some reports at least, he's kind of had a really interesting response to COVID, shall we say, and has mm -hmm. been hiding away from basically everybody, um, which would tend to suspect that maybe he's more atomized kind of from from a lot of people, and maybe there's more room for these pe for folks who who might otherwise have been too much under his sight to, like, make some moves. It's possible. Right, That's, if the perception is that he's in a sort of a yeah. weak state or something by their yeah. estimation or whatever. But um, we just don't know how realistic that is, right? It's certainly not something you can bet on. You know, it's it's the kind of thing where if if it happens, everyone will be kind of surprised and kind of not surprised at the same time. Because they'll be like, oh, yeah, I didn't realize this was possible. But also, well, of course it might have been possible, you know, we're there, right? And there's right. nothing you can do with that well, information right. but hope. sort of... Base where like literally, I mean, not literally, but like 
pretty much anything is possible. There's no way to predict uh, the next, right. you know, 24 hours, let alone 12 yeah. hours or anything like that. And um, so it's to, like this we, sort of you have us. to wait and yeah. see. We don't know what's real, what's false, what yeah. to tr- what information to trust. And that's partly why I think that, like, it's so easy for people to get stuck in that, like, oh, it's like a movie. Oh, who's going to play this guy? Because, yeah. like, yeah, it, there's a sense of helplessness because it's... we're not like we can't influence the events, really. Um, you can, like, donate to places, you know, are helping um, and things like that. But, like, it's just we're just here watching TV. Um, and I think that also that's sort of like the past however many years have like led us up to Here's, this point where like it just seems like you're disconnected, but you want to feel connected. And it's just like it is like I'll a say movie one to a thing that you can do. I mean, I'm just reiterating what we've said. Don't do what we're saying, you know, and be aware of what's. Of not being just not reacting immediately to something like double check it. Look at who's oh, yeah. I mean, shit. Like, like this is yeah, rampant yeah. right now. Well, like it's, literally it's any awful. day, you're any, sharing the ba- bad information. Yeah, I mean, any <laughs> any day on Twitter it. is some that is how you should go about your day. Yeah, uh, yeah, but especially be, uh, but right no, now. I know, be vigilant. I know. I'm saying, I'm saying, I'm just saying that like that is a problem every single day on Twitter. Um, especially if there's like a disaster, or, like a hurricane, yeah. a hurricane, any sort of yeah. disaster situation, or like a mass shooting, um, and the most during a war. <laughs> Um, yeah, like because not only is there there's just bad actors doing like with misinformation, but like yeah, there's going to be propaganda from everywhere. Yes. Um, yeah. you need to sift through it um, because uh, it's very easy to get caught up in it. Like, ooh, wow, the, uh, Ghost of Kiev. We're gonna yeah. like, let's, yeah. yeah, very cool. It's like, yeah, let's, in let's, theory, but like, wait a minute. Yeah, and it's gonna be a mix of propaganda. Just like you know, one of the the most viral initial story from this was those those border guards on Snake Island who mm-hmm. you know said which right. absolutely told a Russian warship to go fuck themselves, and mm-hmm. the initial. Report was that they had all died, and now it seems like they didn't. They were taken I prisoner. think they all didn't. Yeah, and, and no, it's, they didn't. it's they... like there's no way to know. Like, well, was that propaganda initially from the government, well, or were they just like, well, we didn't like, we just that, lost contact with these guys. Feels, we thought they were dead. You know, that one feels less like propaganda as a story that we all reacted to before having all the information. One point yeah. I'll make is that while this isn't the first war during social media, of course not, um, this kind of thing, everyone's paying attention to it, what's happening, an invasion of another country. We have social media. We have videos on the ground. It's it's not like the story takes happens and then five days later we're reading it in a newspaper. We're seeing it happen in real mm-hmm. time. And so we are learning things in in relatively real time and that changes. So the place was bombed. Everyone, you maybe think everyone's dead, but became almost like propaganda because we were all watching, we're waiting and we're looking and it becomes this hero story and we start to martyr them immediately. And we don't know what's going to happen to them. Their lives are in danger. Still. Also think about propaganda is that the, like it doesn't, some of these propaganda doesn't automatically mean that it's false. It's yep. not like it doesn't need to be right. a falsehood. It doesn't need to be a complete lie to be propaganda. Like this event, this like Snake Island thing. Okay, that happened. They said this. That's all we know. We can use that piece of information to, for like you know, like we're talking we were talking about earlier with like morale or just like general propaganda usage. It's not a lie. Um, it's just being used for a specific right. purpose. And yeah, um, same 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 thing with Ghost of Kiev in terms of it being yeah this this tool that people in power are using to raise morale, and the the truthfulness of it honestly does not even matter uh, because of right. the way it's being used as a tool. 
Because yeah. yeah, we we can. You can point to all of the p- things being like, no, all the pictures that people are posting are actually of a French uh, helmet test photo yeah. shoot, or like with, a flight simulator, or and, whatever, if, and, or and like... all and, and all all the videos are from video games that are yeah. all cutscenes. And, and this has been and, going on, by the way, for years. It's like, been happening for a long time. A ton of this stuff happening. Yeah. Like Russia, in particular, had a thing of like posting footage from video games and then saying it was from you know wherever Syria. Um, and, you, and uh, the, the Ukrainian government's doing the same thing. They're oh, posting absolutely. videos that are from Digital and, Combat Simulator, and they're and, very yeah. good at it. And, they're yeah. doing. They're, it's been. It's been extreme. They have definitely been. Uh, whatever's happening on the ground, which we can talk about in a bit, is debatable. in In terms of propaganda, they've definitely they're won doing the good, first they're doing salvos a good job. <laughs> of the propaganda war, um, which is not nothing, especially when you when you talk about no, like, um, you very know, very important. That's yeah. A big part of it. <clears throat> Yeah, um, and there's like you know caught up in the middle of like all of this glory. We we just dropped an episode, and it could happen here today. About it will have been a couple of days ago, but it's called "Escaping Ukraine," and it's about what it's actually like at the border and all of these people getting to the border, right? Whose stories are much less uh, attractive than these mm-hmm. these brave stories of resistance um, and stories of uh, particularly like black people, black Ukrainians, um, a lot of whom are refugees themselves, getting denied the ability to cross at the border. Um, and it, it's it's a little unclear to me at the moment how much of that problem is with Polish border guards and how much is with Ukrainian. There's a mm-hmm. lot of like I, I uh, people are arguing about it enough that I don't feel comfort, co- confident saying which is more responsible, but it's mm-hmm. happening. That there's certainly evidence that like right. that it's a problem. Um, another article that just dropped today is uh, there's a, a number of trans people in Kiev in particular who, because of, you know, just the realities of transitioning, their passport did not yet match their their mm-hmm. gender identity. And they are afraid to flee because mm-hmm. they do not know what will happen to them at the border, particularly given Poland has done mm-hmm. been great in general about Ukrainian refugees, but also Poland not super pro LGBT mm. as as a rule, um, and but also obviously like a lot of those people would just be fucking murdered if uh, if if Russia takes over because that's what that's what happened in fucking Chechnya, you know. And in fact, there's a pretty good chance that the guy who orchestrated a, like mass killings of LGBT people in Chechnya died uh, fighting in in Ukraine recently, although. Yeah. We know we've got confirmation that lo- decent numbers of his troops have were 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 wiped out because we've seen like the wrecked vehicles and stuff in CNN footage. Um, I don't know that I haven't seen a, a, a that guy's body anywhere. Uh, although it, you know he, he's been claimed by the Ukrainian government that he's been killed, so it's hard to say. There's a lot of again fog of war is a thing mm. um, for a reason in video games. It it, it happens in reality, and there's. Um, when it comes to like what you should and should not share, I, I think it's generally good to to share um, articles that are written by journalists who are there on the ground and yes. seem to be trying mm-hmm. to do uh, with the knowledge that like that's not going to be perfect either. Um, you know, there's there are people on in places like Twitter, journalists who are doing the best job possible of curating stuff and of verifying. Some of my former colleagues at Bellingcat have been doing a lot of work verifying people like Eric Toller, Giancarlo, 
um, people like Christo, um, have been putting a lot of effort into attempting to verify things and, and doing stuff like, okay, here's a video that shows an airstrike. Can we confirm this is in Ukraine? <laughs> you right, know, right. can we confirm this wasn't, you know, six years ago? Um, and, and so those would be people to, um, those would be people to look at. I'll, I'll try to grab you, uh, uh, one more name before we, we go out of here. But in general, like, you're sharing and retweeting combat footage or memes about fighting um, or or jokes uh, or, you know, celebrating Russian defeat preemptively is not going to help anything. Um, It'll help people feel good about themselves. Yeah, they will. And then they'll <laughs> feel like something impossible happened when the war doesn't go well. Um mm. <laughs> Because, like, here's here's the thing. It, it does seem fair to say, based on the things that we can, like, know to a point of certainty, um, the initial Russian invasion was, was kind of a clusterfuck. Um, and there's a number of reasons for that, right? If you want to look at this as an attempt at Blitzkrieg, and it, it does seem accurate based both on what they did and based on some leaked conversations that have come out between a, a Chechen leader and the Russian government – because this dude was just like recording voice messages and sending them over. And um, I think the Guardian published that article that the initial plan, that the hope and the belief among the Russian command staff and among Putin was that, as Hitler said, we need only kick in the door and the whole rotten structure will collapse, right? That was this idea that like there's not going to be much of a fight if we can kind of shock and awe them. Um, you know, the the cities will collapse quickly, the government will collapse, and we'll we'll be able to take command. And so as a result, if if you're looking at like how you know a, a blitzkrieg type situation is supposed to work, um, like what the Nazis did in in France quite successfully, or for a time successfully in in Russia, you have what's called your first echelon, which is your first wave of troops, and they move in and they move forward as fast as they possibly can, and they do not engage with every enemy they can. Their priority is to move forward and take and and like advance more than it is to engage with and destroy the enemy. Um, they do engage with and destroy the enemy at parts when they're blocked, but they're, that's not their primary goal. And so the first echelon leaves large numbers of intact enemy forces behind them as they advance because their goal is disruption and their mm -hmm. goal is making it kind of impossible for the enemy to effectively react and to effectively engage resistance. And then a second echelon comes from behind them and they engage more of those troops that were left behind them. There's a third echelon, right? That's how a blitzkrieg tactic is supposed to work. That's not what the Russians did in the first five days or so of this invasion, they sent in that first echelon, which included a, a tremendous deal of very elite special forces operators, airborne troops, um, you know, Spetsnaz, and they sent in elements of, of battalion task groups, but not cohesive ones. So to the extent that Russian soldiers were engaging with Ukrainian soldiers, it was often individual little units as opposed to like combined arms forces where you have air support and artillery support. And because the Russian army is, is lot more than anything, an artillery army, right? Um, and that's why you've seen such terrible casualties. And they do seem to be, again, the Ukrainian government numbers can't be trusted, but there's enough verified <laughs> videos of, of, of successful Ukrainian drone strikes and attacks that like they have suffered significant losses. Um, it's because they 
I think thought that these these sort this sort of first echelon was all they would need to to cr- collapse everything, and then they could bring in national guard troops and conscript troops and 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 sort of riot police kind of troops in after that, and they would not be required to do some of the things that they have had to do in places like Syria. They wouldn't have to shell these cities into rubble. Um, that 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 things wouldn't go that far. And clearly, Ukrainian resistance has been significant enough that they're going to have to. So part of what we are seeing now is Russia kind of reorienting their strategy. And the fact that this has been a fuck up uh, for them in a lot of ways up to this point, including the fact that they did not immediately gain air supremacy, um, that they seem to have lost a significant number of air assets and artillery assets to Ukrainian air power, which still exists at this point. Um, that's evidence of some substantial strategic and tactical failures uh, by the Russians. But it's not evidence that they're fucked because Russia has a lot huge. of reserves. to, to <laughs> Yeah, and they, they can have, keep going. Yeah, the thing that we just saw yes, one day ago, by the time we, we, we are recording this episode, it'll have been a couple of days since, you know, when you hear this, is um, the deployment of thermobaric weapons, which mm-hmm. so... Artillery and airstrikes do not work as well as the people who advocate for their use like to think. And one piece of evidence you can look at, like battles in World War One, where you know the British or whoever would would fire a million shells at a chunk of trench line a few miles long, and then get machine gunned to pieces by the people there because they didn't kill very many of them actually. Because if you're well dug in and whatnot, that doesn't work as well. Um, and likewise, at the start of this war, you saw a lot of Russian missiles, a lot of Russian precision munitions, like striking military targets, and then still tremendous Ukrainian resistance. All of this sort of shock and awe was not successful in disrupting Ukrainian command and control. So now the Russians are deploying, starting to deploy what are called thermobaric weapons. And thermobaric weapons are the most frightening weapons humans have developed that are not nuclear. Um, the way they essentially work is... It's, it's a couple of stages. So you have a precision munition that strikes a target. It releases a cloud of explosive material, often just like fuel, and then a second explosion ignites the cloud. Um, so what that uh. does is, among other things, sucks the oxygen in from an area and 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 it creates a vacuum right like one of the ways people die from thermobarics is the 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 air is ripped from their lungs um and the explosive force of the blast is is titanic some thermobaric weapons like the moab which trump famously used in afghanistan and the russians have their own version of this are equivalent to low-yield nuclear weapons in terms of their destructive power. They're not radioactive, obviously, they're not nuclear, but in terms of the actual radius of the blast and the radius of the shockwave, they are equivalent to nuclear weapons, and there are no functional fortifications that can really withstand them, uh, at least not on like a tactical level. They, They wipe out troop formations. They are nightmare weapons, and the Russians have a lot of these. To deploy, and the Russians have a lot of air power to deploy, and we're starting to see that being moved into position more effectively. Ukrainian resistance is still fierce. You're also seeing stuff like as this, you know, famous now the the current big I don't know meme of the war is this Russian convoy heading towards Kiev, right? And there's all everyone's mm-hmm. like it's 17 miles. No, it's just three or four. No, it's 40 miles. Like there's a lot of debate as to how what kind of impact this 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 will have, and you're seeing Ukraine adopt tactics. There's been a lot of um, 
an increase in kind of guerrilla tactics, taking supply vehicles and whatnot from this caravan and like precision strikes and whatnot. Um, so I, I'm certainly not saying the situation is doomed from their standpoint. There's a lot that could happen. And, and Russian losses have been very heavy, including on some of their most elite troops. But at the end of the day, if Putin commits fully, if there is not a level of unrest in the streets of Russia that they can't deal with, or a palace coup, and if there is no outside intervention, Russia has the capacity to level every building in Ukraine until there is no resistance. They have done it in other places. It is not a thing that is beyond their capacity. Well, that was really yeah. depressing to listen to. And... But... Oh, well, here's he, here's what <laughs> I mean. Like, I just what do we do? Welcome to the worst year ever. We'll get through it together or not. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. It's spring, and with the weather changing and so many great things coming up, like Mother's Day and the wind down tour, I definitely need a fresh spring wardrobe for every occasion. This spring, I'm looking for that perfect, flowy spring dress for Mother's Day, as well as replacing my everyday basics. That's what I love about JCPenney. They have so many stylish and comfortable options that I always find just what I'm looking for there. Spring is a feel good season and comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. The fashion at JCPenney is the same way. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with styles that gets you, something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes, and Stafford and Mutual Weave for him, style and comfort for all, even big and tall, plus even more for the whole family like Levi's and Exertion. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Now I'd like to introduce you to Meaningful Beauty, the famed skincare brand created by iconic supermodel Cindy Crawford. It's her secret to absolutely gorgeous skin. Meaningful Beauty makes powerful and effective skincare simple, and it's loved by millions of women. It's formulated for all ages and all skin tones and types, and it's designed to work as a complete skincare system, leaving your skin feeling soft, smooth, and nourished. I recommend starting with Cindy's Full Regimen, which contains all five of her best-selling products, including the amazing Youth Activating Melon. Serum. This next generation serum has the power of melon leaf stem cell technology. It's melon leaf stem cells encapsulated for freshness and released onto the skin to support a visible reduction in the appearance of wrinkles. With thousands of glowing five-star reviews, why not give it a try? Subscribe today and you can get the amazing Meaningful Beauty system for just $49.95. That includes our introductory five-piece system, free gifts, free shipping, and a 60-day money-back guarantee. All of that available at MeaningfulBeauty.com. The one other thing that I would like to get your guys' thoughts on specifically is, you know, we talked before about how there's like, you know, having to like verify footage, how there's been, you know, a lot of footage is like actually from from other places, uh, from other kind of conflicts. There's been multiple instances of video footage and pictures from Palestine being misattributed to being from the Russian invasion. Um, And it's interesting looking at like how actions taken 
in those photos are so people have their, they're so much more valid in the Russian Ukraine conflict than they are in the Palestine Israel right. conflict. Mm, yes. And I want to talk about like the selective validity of nations and how efforts to defend yeah. your home from invading attacking forces are viewed differently when all these extra geopolitical forces are at play. So like look, all of, like the xenophobia and racism happening um in one instance um and then you know everyone accepting all these refugees from Ukraine because they're white mm -hmm. people. Mm -hmm. Um so I, I would I would like to get your thoughts on on those kind <sighs> yeah. of no, notes that yeah, that have gathered. I think the most the the most striking example of that is a video of a little girl who appears to be a white girl in the video. Like you would like that's what most people guessed upon seeing the video. They just she looked white to them. Yeah. Um like kicking a soldier um and like the the video was claiming like this is a Ukrainian girl like kicking, you know, a Russian occupier and like look yeah. at the courage of like the reality is that she is a Palestinian girl kicking an Israeli soldier, and she went to fucking prison for it. Mm -hmm. um, she, she's she's a very she's eventually. actually a re 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 relatively famous Palestinian yes. activist who is part of a yeah. family of activists who've been yes. organizing mm -hmm. since two thousand eight. Um, yes. and yeah. she's been to prison. Her brothers and cousins have been have had their faces blown up by yeah regular victims by, of violence by by yeah. violence from the from from Israeli forces. Um, yeah, and and she uh, she has gone to prison uh, for a long time um, mm -hmm. be because of her efforts to to yeah. combat and stand against these invading forces for her for her home country. Yeah, um, and this to be clear, she ended up going to prison later than that picture was it, taken. They didn't correct. imprison was, her at uh, age yeah, yeah, yeah. five, not, yeah. but not because um, of the photo. Yeah, I think she yeah. was like fourteen or fifteen. But the, the photo, but the point like is, that, yeah correct <laughs> this misinformation yeah. but also these double standards that we have yeah. you know like blindness to the conflicts going on on around the world okay well america evaded lots of places and nobody cares you know there's conflicts happening all over the world um yeah we're, still we're paying helping. attention yeah. to this one yeah and, and, and it's there's the there's a bleak and there's a less bleak way of looking at it, and I can't tell you which one is right. Both of them have shades of right. One of them, which is true, is that, well, the victims are white and people care because Ukrainians are white, and that's why this is getting outraged when what happened in well, Syria. Well, the civilized nation, right? That's, yeah, the, right. that's, that's the line that a lot of people are taking. Like, oh, well, two civilized true. nations, like, like, in conflict. Like, okay. Yeah. Like, it, this it, isn't Africa, yeah. this is Ukraine. Yeah, I mean, this I isn't have... Syria, you know, this exactly. is... Exactly. Or I Yemen a, or whatever. Syria, where we get the alphabet from, anyway. Right. <laughs> like, I, have a, I have a collection of, like, statements made by people on mainstream platforms. There was Woo! a... The, okay. Okay. Ukraine deputy chief prosecutor was on the BBC. He said, it's very emotional for me because I see European people with blue eyes mm -hmm. and blonde hair being killed. Mm -hmm. um, on, 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 on CBS, uh, there was a, a foreign correspondent uh, said, this isn't Iraq or Afghanistan. This is a relatively civilized, relatively European city. Um, also e relatively it, it's it's like yeah, it's simultaneously of... racist to huge chunks of the world and also pretty also racist to, to ukraine, ukraine. Like, like, but mm -hmm. like, even place even places like even even places like al jazeera uh there yeah. was a, a commentator who said uh what's compelling is looking at them the, the way they're dressed they're prosperous middle class people these are not obviously refugees trying to get away from the middle east or from north africa they look like they, they look like any european family that you could live next door to mm. Yeah, um, I mean, I we're in the 21st fucking, century. We're in actually, European yeah. city. Yeah, <laughs> you can live next door to anybody. Yeah, and also <laughs> not like, just I, European families. I spent days also, on the refugee trail in 2015, talking to Syrians who had just immediately fled the carpet bombing of their cities, and like, 
Yeah, a lot of them were like doctors and accountants and lawyers and professors yeah. and shit. This like is, it doesn't. Is, not that they're that makes make them it, more valid, but like well, the, the judging people, people, people on how right? the, they look. <laughs> like, you're like, yeah. yeah, they're leaving right now. They're, yeah, they've just become refugees. Yeah. yeah. Like it doesn't matter. They're leaving like, their homes in this moment. But I just mean like the yeah. idea of like you're you're talking about a stereotype of what it's you think so a gross. refugee is yeah. without like they're the type of people that are poor. No, every refugee is leaving their home and then they lose their shit and they don't have a place to sleep and they're running and they're on the road and they can't, you know, like. Fuck you. Sorry. It's, yeah. it's it's it's, it's um, frankly one of the most disgusting things that yeah, have it's, come it's out horrible. of the commentary on this. Uh, there now, were a couple more quotes, Garrison. If you want to yeah. get to them, because uh, I think they're like they're all worth. I think you mentioning because they're all pretty nasty. Cody, you do uh, some. <laughs> oh, good. Uh, so here are words that I don't believe, but I'm reading it. This is a quote. Um, we are in the 21st century. We are in a European city, and we have cruise missile fire as though we were in Iraq or Afghanistan. Can you yeah, imagine? Oh, wow. so can you imagine? I, it's an important question. Yeah, we're not talking I, I actually can't. Yeah, can you? Uh, we're not talking here about Syrians fleeing. We're talking about Europeans. Excellent stuff. Uh, this time, war is wrong because the people look like us and have Instagram and Netflix accounts. It's not in a poor, remote country anymore. Fuck you, you piece of human you shit, Daniel. Piece of dog. So I think Daniel Hannon, Hannon, like maybe like war is who is Daniel just Hannon? Wrong. What does this fucker do for a living? Daily, Daily Telegraph. Telegraph. Okay, yeah. So somebody who should get a brick. God, what that's a, piece a brick. Of shit. That is, if you're looking at how you can help. In this current conflict, mm-hmm. brick people give, like that. Yeah, like, give oh him a brick. God. Give him a brick. Instagram, Netflix accounts. Fuck you. Yeah, you piece of like garbage. You piece of dog shit. Like, there's it's it's so comprehensively wrong. Both that, like, do you think that having an Instagram or a Netflix makes you more human? And also, do you think they don't have fucking Instagram in Iraq? Like, do you think they don't have? I know like, that's what I thought. Uh, like, it's, it's fucking hell. Like, unbelievable. Like, and just like even just like if you like. It's not even taking it out of context. If you just no, isolate, it's, isolate, it's, 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 war it's is wrong because the people offensive. look like us yeah. is there a was, part of that f- sentence. There was this very uh, popular tweet from it's like a like a like a a a, a, a news aggregator account um, that's popular in this region that was a uh, quote Polish border guard carries a young Ukrainian girl across the border to safety in Poland. This is how real refugees look like yes. women and children. It's very, it's, it's a very different picture on the Belarusian border where it's mainly Middle Eastern men trying to cross into Poland illegally. Unbelievable. It is like, it is, it is believable. So like, but it is, it's just gross. It's like, it's, 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 it's like full, full mask off on all these people. It's yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, just like saying like, yeah, so I guess we know why you didn't care. <laughs> um, it's yeah. just really obvious um, and kind of like, I don't know, I get like, it's one of those like, you know, remembering back in, in uh, the other wars, um, just like, it's just awful take a like month of just like, okay, just like flood with like the worst opinions you could possibly imagine. And it's all okay yeah. because it's war coverage. Like we don't mm-hmm. like there's... Uh, it, like everyone's like less discerning, uh, less careful with their words and how they frame things. And, uh, you know, some of these people might not even realize what they're saying. Yeah. Um, because they, it's like, you gotta yeah, say something, they, you gotta talk you know, and like, I, I'm going to let myself out of that. And I don't have the exact quote in front of me, but it was some motherfucker being like celebrating, you know, Ukrainian resistance and being like, you know, what Putin didn't count on is that this is the first war we're social with social media. We're like, we're seeing everything mm-hmm. as it I happens. That, yeah. And people realize it's like, are you, are you, have you been it's, fucking high 
the last 15 years. I, I have, and I know it's wrong. I, I, <laughs> like, I, like, I know, I, I have spent a couple of hundred hours going through footage of multiple civil wars. I know people who have spent thousands of it. Every second of the Syrian civil war has been either live streamed or tweeted or Facebooked or Instagrammed. Same thing with the Iraqi civil war. Same thing to a substantial extent with what's happened in Libya. Same thing to a lesser extent, just because of, I think, some realities of infrastructure, but uh, to a significant degree with what's happening in Ethiopia and Tigray right now, like, you you are, there is no limit to the amount of combat footage you can find, and this is not comprehensive, it's it, it's in Malaysia, right, or in Burma. Um, huge amount of that war has been documented online, has been shown in videos, including, like, the protests up to beforehand, and, like, the fucking Gen Z militias that are now, like, fucking TikToking from the battlefield. Mm -hmm. Like this yep. has been happening for forever. And not only that, not just are you wrong, this is the first war that that's been a factor in. Putin understood that. He yep. knew all of this was going to happen. His gamble is that, what are you gonna fucking do about it? I have nukes exactly. and mm. I have the ground power to win unless NATO is willing to risk a nuclear war, which they won't. I mean, it's it's even even just now yeah. as we're recording. I found I found another one from um the, one of the most one of the most popular Spanish uh, TV news channels saying these aren't like other children that we've become accustomed to Jesus seeing suffer Christ. on TV. Oh, these children awesome. are blonde with blue eyes, so this is very important. I mean, yeah. And oh, again, yeah. it's it's comprehensively wrong because like white is them being blonde matter, and it's also comprehensively wrong because motherfucker, I have seen blonde kids in refugee camps in three countries. No, it's like it's, of course, like, like it's so it's so racist. Like yeah. it's, it's it's so racist, but it's also like the dismissal of any kind of conflict in Palestine, any conflict around like yeah. like Belarus, the Middle East, South Asia. It's like they just they it's it shows that they just view those people as less as like less human. Yeah, right. Um, and, while, and, and while at the same oh, time absolutely. using images from those conflicts as propaganda for this conflict. Exactly. Yeah. It, exactly. Like, version of why you, you remember that video from 2020 where like that old man is on a, his bike moving backwards away from a police line and a cop yeah. shoves him and he cracks his head on the concrete yeah, yeah, yeah. and bleeds. Mm -hmm. yeah. And that, that, obviously that's fucked up. You should be angry at that. But like part of why people got so angry is he's not the he doesn't look like the people mm -hmm. that's supposed to happen to. Exactly. You know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, and um, that's a big chunk of this. And that's not, I don't think that's surprising to anyone who listens to this show. No, it's not surprising, yeah. but it is, it is very bare watching them it, yeah. just express, struck. express now, how they view less people, how, how they view so many people as less human. Well, yeah, just like, just like Cody said, at the same time, using footage from these conflicts as like for their own propaganda, it's, 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 it's so gross. Yeah. Well, not, uh, now, yeah, it's. I will say I think there is a potential optimistic side of this. I think it's up to us to make it be optimistic, but there is a potential here, which is that a lot of the people who are so horrified by what's going on in ways that they weren't about other conflicts that have been going on for years, it's not because like they're monsters or they're actively racist. It's because that kind of shit didn't go viral for a lot of reasons that have very little to do with them. And so they didn't see much of it and they don't mm -hmm. like other than vaguely knew that something was going on in Syria, something they, they're just not, and they had shit to do, right? Everybody's got life going on. Everybody's like, I've talked to Ukrainians and I did when the war started who were like, I didn't think it would happen here. I said, so part of why I called the fucking podcast. It could happen here is when I was first reporting on that civil war, that was something people kept saying to me. Um, it was variants of like, I didn't think it would happen like to me. And maybe there, I think there is a potential in people who are 
now rightly horrified by what's happening in Ukraine, to get them to recognize how widely this is happening, to get them to recognize this is the consequence of not dealing with authoritarianism on a global scale, of a lack of solidarity, of a lack of active willingness to stand up for the rights of other people and to recognize the things going on in those countries is wrong. Um, I think there is a possibility to get people to have more of an understanding for Palestine, more of an understanding mm. for Burma, more of an understanding and active <clears throat> solidarity for Tigray, for a bunch of other parts of the world because they're now activated in a moral sense. Right. And, 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 and to, to a degree, that's a thing that's like, that's a thing that you can do. And, and I think the way to do that is not to, again, you have to be, it's not a matter of saying you shouldn't care about Ukraine because this bad thing is happening here. It's a matter of saying, hey, you think that's fucked up. It yeah. is. Here's In addition the to same that. thing yeah, happening. You have to yeah. care about it. Yeah. You have yeah. to care about it in general, not and pick it, and choose. It, it requires people being willing to look at these conflicts as authoritarians versus non-authoritarians, but not as... Um, not as like sides in the geopolitical sense, because right, right, Turkey is very much against what Russia is doing in Ukraine, because Turkey and Russia have been for a very long time, longer than any of us have been alive, geopolitical rivals in some very specific ways that they, they find this threatening. And so they are sending weapons to Ukraine and they are, you know, potentially cutting off Russian access uh, to, to the, the, the Black Sea, um, doing a lot of stuff. Turkey is also engaged in a continuous, gradual process of ethnic cleansing in northern Iraq and northeastern Syria, mm -hmm. um, and they heavily supported Azerbaijan in an ethnic cleansing in Armenia. Um, they're not good guys because they're on the right side of this conflict, but the Azeris and the Syrian and Iraqi Kurds, you should see as being, broadly speaking, on the same side as the people resisting Putin because they are all standing up against people who are trying to go into their fucking homes and take that from them. Um, and and there, is an, there is a degree to which you have to understand the inherent solidarity of all people suffering and fighting against this kind of, of, of horror without letting that lead you to the simple simplifying things as like okay russia bad us good you know turkey good uh, uh russia bad or turkey bad yeah. russia good or like all like don't don't let like because that that's it's part of how they get a, yeah it's that, really yeah I mean, it is it black and that. white it's just isn't black and white in terms of fucking borders i mean you know? even, okay that's was, right yes yeah. there was it's it's so horrifying because even like there was this transcript of a russian of a russian russian soldier's text messages to his mother that kind of went viral jesus a, christ a, a yeah, few that days was ago harrowing. yeah that was, it was like um his his, his mom he was telling his mom that he's no longer in crimea he's, he's not in training sessions anymore his mom asks him like where he is and where, where they can send where they can send a care package to he replies oh, what kind of parcel mom what can you send me? I just want to hang myself now. And mom's like, what are, what are you talking about? What's happened? He said, mom, I'm in Ukraine. There's a real war raging here. I'm afraid. We are bombing all the cities together, even targeting civilians. We were told that they would welcome us, and they are falling under our armored vehicles, throwing themselves under our wheels, not allowing us to pass. They call us fascists. Mama, this is so hard. Like, everyone involved, it's all miserable for like yeah. like for a, a yeah, lot of people like there, there is there is I'm sure there is some sickos that do enjoy the war but for yeah, a sure, lot of the people among like the special but forces these are a guys lot of, but like, like but, that's but not he's, most of them but he's yeah. this, this russian this russian shoulder who just who, who just wants to hang himself because of all this happening and if you if you miss that i think you're really missing out on a lot of the yeah. 
a lot of what's actually happening mm-hmm. because this yeah. is an important aspect to recognize, well, right, even though it's it's tough to think about. Yeah, yeah. that's war. It's the horrors of war. <laughs> The, uh, there, yeah. there are a and, bunch of yeah. kids that, or men, young men, however old, that join the army, and now, well, they don't. I mean, their they don't. President is making them go do this thing. <laughs> they don't often choose to in Russia because they that, do. Yeah. Russia, a lot of them are conscripts, and even when they do, the contract soldiers, a lot of them do it because it's a way to get like a government paid for apartment, yeah. and right. they didn't necessarily expect this to happen. And it's yeah. most militaries it, prey on uh, yeah, people exactly. to join. <laughs> like, we'll and, get and, you there. Um, there's this fucked up, like, the reality is, you know, to, to, to go back to people talking about, like, these people have Instagrams and Netflix. Like, there's a there's a lot of kids who would much rather be fucking around on Instagram or playing PUBG or whatever mm. first-person shooter or something and are having are burning to death in armored personnel carriers. Yeah. Um, and that's that's not that's not good either. It uh, doesn't mean that like I don't support Ukrainians firing as many anti-tank missiles as they can into as many armored vehicles as try to enter their country because that's the fucking situation. Um, but it's not. Yeah. It's none yeah. of it's worth celebrating. Yeah. To your point and like earlier point, I think it it's <laughs> it's kind of uh, a bummer that this is like the only. Uh, I guess positive thing like out of so many stories where like the thing you take away from is like well I guess people will realize more that things are bad in these ways that they haven't previously and that seems to be like the case with so many things these days where it's like well at least people are realizing that it's bad yeah um like leading to okay well in in 10 or 20 30 years will like people be able to do something else about it but isn't enough and i i right i I don't want to i don't want it to come across as like that's what i'm saying that at least i don't think that's what you're saying it is a responsibility to make people to make that matter right like that if you're actually looking at what you can do you tweeting about Zelensky doesn't matter you tweeting even you tweeting like videos of like whatever thing you think might be a war crime or whatever almost certainly will not matter what does matter is the extent to which you can get people to realize what's actually going on here mm-hmm. and that being anti-war is meaningless being anti-Russia is meaningless being understanding the dynamics of the global net inner of this interlocking net of conflicts where different authoritarian powers are bringing tremendous violence on populations of people for the geopolitical gains of a tiny number of people understanding the way that net works and understanding that the only way to actually combat it um, is a mix of solidarity and at times open armed resistance as we're seeing in Ukraine as is happening in Burma as is happening in Northeast Syria, as is happening in all these other parts of the world. Um, that is the thing, and, 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 and seeing that as connected, seeing the struggles of Palestinians against, against Israeli mm-hmm. soldiers as connected to the struggles of Ukrainian civilians against Russian soldiers, even though Israel's sending weapons to Ukraine right now, that is something that we can all have a role in furthering, and I, I think that's the productive thing that people can do. All right, that's it for um, yep, us today, yep. I think, but we will obviously continue yeah. talking about this. Yeah, um, one last note, if you're looking for a Twitter account to follow that is actually mm. putting effort into verifying videos and images that they find and is doing a, what I consider to be a competent job of that, uh, Rob Lee, R-A-Lee85 on Twitter, um, 
has has done pretty consistently a good job of like not just vetting things but sharing other things that other people have vetted if you actually want to keep up with it in that way it's better than just watching random people share videos from chunks from video games that have been you know color corrected or whatever okay thank you all right guys um yeah it's watch yourself online yeah (laughs) i'll be back bye Worst Year Ever is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. With every CBD product claiming to do something different, it's nearly impossible to decide what's best for you. Lazarus Naturals pioneered the farm-to-front-door model of transparency where they handle each step of the production process to ensure quality, potency, and consistency. Scannable labels allow you to see the test results of your hemp batch so you can be confident in the safety and quality. Visit LazarusNaturals.com today. Lazarus Naturals, committed to improving your life as well as the world around you. Not available in Idaho, Iowa, or South Dakota. Let's hit it. Give me a vacation. Vacation. Give me a wave. Surfing. Give me a city tour. The trolley. Give me animals. The zoo. Give me some sea life. <laughs> Give me museums. Park. Give me a woo. If you're happy and you know it, San Diego is the place to show it. Book your family vacation at san diego.org. Funded in part with the City of San Diego Tourism Marketing District Assessment Funds. What's up, y'all? Janice Torres here. And I'm Austin Hankwitz. We're the hosts of Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories, a podcast presented by iHeartRadio's Ruby Studios and Intuit QuickBooks. Join us as we speak with small business owners about the tools they use to turn their ideas into success. From finding that initial spark of entrepreneurship to organizing payments and invoices, we've got you covered. So follow and listen to Mind the Business, Small Business Success Stories on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts.